Josh Williams here, and welcome to the One Man Podcast, episode number 55 for Wednesday, May 30th, 2018. They just keep coming. Every week, another one out, as is the format. Welcome back, onesies, and welcome to any new onesies listening to the One Man Podcast. I will be talking this week about uh, dispensaries uh, of the marijuana variety. I'm not really familiar with any other ones. I think the rest of them are called pharmacies, though you used to be able to get your maragonja from what I used to refer to as a street pharmacist. Uh, <laughs> so maybe it all comes full circle. I uh, was driving a lot of Uber this week in the mornings. I got to see some friends. I got a, I did a pet event. I had car troubles. Oh, the list just goes on and on, but I will be talking about all that this week, guys. Um, starting right off from the, uh, the get go. I hope you guys had a great week. You know, uh, weather was, uh, was pretty nice here in Ottawa up and down a little bit with the humidity. felt like I was going through fucking menopause because I could not find a temperature inside the car early mornings that was comfortable. Like it was going between raining and not raining. Sorry, one sec here. I think I'm a little too hot on the microphone right now. See if that's any better. Maybe you guys can hear me a little bit better that way. Someone had mentioned to me that I was a little loud last week. So I hope it's not the same this week. That's off phonics job. All right, I'm gonna have to, I'm have to let someone go at the old offonic.com if they don't uh, if they don't fart uh, fart start fixing it. Anyways, who gives a shit? Point being is, uh, it was tough getting comfortable last week. The humidity was here, like weather was beautiful, sunshiny every single day. It's hard for me to get comfortable. Um. Anyways, last week, as early as Wednesday, like I said, I've been spending the uh, the weekday mornings behind the wheel. Uh, driving people around early morning to the jobs and it's been, uh, it's actually been pretty, pretty good. Uh, back does get sore a little while after a few hours in the car, not sitting up or whatever, but or sorry, standing up, but I'm enjoying it. It's definitely a better way to earn income than some of the other jobs I've had throughout this podcast that I have bitched about at length. <laughs> so no complaints. Uber's good. No interesting stories though from Uber. Uh, but just to let you know, I've been doing that. I'm not, you know, I try to, to work, a you know, particular hours of the day, not to share my secret sauce to a wide market, but, uh, I've been, uh, been, been working the early mornings though. I haven't been hitting them as early as I'd like to tend to, uh, you know, hit the alarm based on the fact that I don't really have to be anywhere. You know, there's no one's going to be like, Hey, uh, come into my office here. You started a little bit late today. Uh, you want to tell me what was going on? I'd be like, uh, yeah, I was up late watching uh, new girl, you know, trying to fall asleep to it on Netflix. Cause some episodes suck, but then you get like three or four that are really funny. And it's hard to fall asleep, you know, anywho, um, was doing that on Wednesday. And I think I'd mentioned this to you guys that I, I, I smoked just, and we're talking like a pathetic amount of pot. Like we're not even talking like, it's not even nug worthy to be like, Oh, like a little, little nug. Nope. Not even a little nug. You take a little nug and you break it up into like nine little tiny kernels, not even kernels. Fuck like the size of Parmesan, like thick Parmesan that you'd shake out of a craft shaker. You know, like, like three little pieces of parm worth in a pipe, you know, I'm like, like just one, one hoot off a jo- off the joint initially, but it was comfortable. So I was like, you know what? <clears throat> I think I need to, to, to maybe try pot again. And I'm going to do what a lot of people I've, I've talked to lately do is I'm going to go to one of these dispensaries and I'm going to talk to the bud tender, which is what they refer to as the illegal drug person that sells you the marijuana that stands behind the counter. <laughs> like a chef and tells you the difference between all of the different buds and their silly, stupid names. So 
I decided uh, I was going to ask, uh, you know, somebody who's, uh, who's, you know, v- pretty versed in uh, this stuff already. I asked, uh, again, not to name any names, but someone who's relatively close to me on an ongoing basis. And uh, he had suggested a particular place. He had said a few different places that apparently have good reputations. Oh, am I getting more, more emails here? I forgot to tell my computer to shut the fuck up. Casting call for models. Well, count me out. <laughs> um, yeah, I get so I get some funny emails. Sometimes I go, eh, do, they, do you really think you should have sent it to me? Unless they're looking for the model before, in which case I'm capable of doing it. That's a, that's a hacky old joke, by the way. I didn't write that. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Anyways, um, dispensaries for anyone who doesn't know, there's like, at least in Ontario, there's like pot shops just opening up and some of them used to get closed down and, uh, and now they're, now they're not, now they're just staying open and you just go buy pot from a store as if you were, you know, standing in line at Starbucks. And I'll get to that, um, similarity that at least that, that, that metaphor, because I guess one of the places that, uh, that my friend had recommended to me was up on, uh, hunt club. So I was finished driving Uber and I decided I'm going to go check out this place that, that he'd suggested. So I, I went there and I walked in and they had a very pretty girl behind the counter of a desk with a computer on it. And everything was just very like chic. And I can't even remember the name of the fucking place, you know, uh, and I'm not going to Google it. I don't, it doesn't matter. Um, but I went there and it was like, oh, this is nice. And they're like, they're like, yeah, we don't have any, you know, I'm like, is this, is this the pot place? <laughs> it looked like not, it looked like it was like a little, small little marketing company or something like that's really what it looked like from the outside. And they're like. Yeah, no, we, we do, but we don't carry any cannabis on site. We only have the cannabis, you know, the, the can of, can of oil or whatever, cannabis oil. And I was like, okay, excuse me. Um, alrighty. Uh, like, uh, so what do I, I go, is there someone I can talk to though and ask questions? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, they call me into another room and with a small little display case there that just basically has syringes filled with pot oil. Um, and I'm talking to guys like, yeah, man, like I've been smoking for a long time and like, what are you looking for? So I'm like, well, I want to ask some questions about like what kind of strain I should get. And like, well, you have nothing here. And he's like, no, like you order it from our website and then we drop it off at your house the next day. And I'm like, that seems fucking weird. Like, I don't know that I want you to have my address. Like it didn't seem sketchy. This place It actually seemed way too nice. And based on the rest of the stories I'm going to tell you, trust me, this was the nice one. But they're just, they have all these oils and they're telling me how, like, if I have like the anxiety and I can't focus and stuff like the oils are more like a body stone, like to get rid of pain and stuff like that. So they're like, you know, if you're in pain and you need to relax, like this sort of stuff helps, but you know, they're telling me about different kinds of, you know, pots and stuff like that. Dude was nice, but he's definitely stoned. Let's put it this way. Like less than 60 seconds after starting to talk to him, somebody walked in from a doorway on the side, like obviously a further back office just walks in with a lit joint and hands it to him. And he's just sitting there. Oh, thanks. And then he just takes it and starts puffing on it. Um, yeah, here's the weird thing. The part that bothered me the most was that he didn't offer me any, <laughs> not that I would have even said yes, you know, but it's one of those things. I don't know. The, the courtesy part of me was like, um, you don't do that kind of thing unless you have some for everybody, you know? I don't know. That's, it was just so funny to me that it's like, oh, guys, like, oh yeah, thanks. It just takes it. And the other guy just walks back out of the room. I'm like, I'm like, I'm always the only customer there. We're often like an industrial part of hunt club. And I'm like, <laughs> you could share. You, I want to, I didn't want it, but I want it to be offered. You guys know what I'm saying? I think I get what it's like to be a chick sometimes. I want, I would have said no, but I, it'd be nice to be asked. So, and it also could have like waited too. 
I think the fact that I was just there and it's like, oh, here's your, here's your joint that you need. Oh, thanks, man. Uh, anywho, I was chatting with the guy. He was relatively helpful with answering questions, but at the same time, I'm very instant gratification. So I'm not interested in giving my address and, and ordering pot online, trying to do the fucking amazon.com version of fucking weed ordering. Anyways, yammer on, yammer on Josh. Uh, I decided to go check out the other place closer to home, that my friend suggested. And when I got down there, I, I realized, you know, before I, before I went there, I realized I don't have like a pipe or anything like that to smoke in. Like, I'm not going to roll joints. It's going to take me fuck. I don't know, three weeks to smoke one joint, one puff at a time, you know? So I was like, well, I get a little pipe, put a little bit in there, smoke that and, and see how it goes. Right. Play with my dosages from there, which is what dude at the, the first place said, he's like, basically you're just going to want to play with your dosage, start real small, like you did and see what works for you. So I went to a little head shop, uh, after going to the LCBO and buying two bottles of booze. <laughs> um, oh, here, here you go. Here's one, here's one suggestion I'm gonna make for you guys, or maybe I'll put an asterisk in it. Cause there's another point I want to make later on. See, the thing is I can make notes and still think of things on the fly. So, um, do, 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 do little asterisks here. There we go. We'll get back to this. So I, uh, I went to the LCBO and I did something that I'll tell you about later. But I, uh, I ended up getting, uh, went to this little pot shop and they sold it too, but they're like, well, we only sell to people who have, uh, like licenses, uh, which my dad has, but I do not. And I, I don't really want one. I don't really think I need pot that badly, but they're like, if you come in with these licenses, I'm like, nah, it's too much work. Just give me a little pot pipe and some screens and a lighter and all that shit. Just give me the, the little, uh, the, the bait and tackle shop shit I need for, for smoking pot to become a pothead. Anyways, um, so I ended up going, uh, back to the other spot. And when I first got there, I'm like, uh, where else did I go? There was a third one that I went to, isn't there? Come on, Josh. Think there was, yeah, I went to a, quite a few of them and they were all very similar, very weird. There's one, two. Yeah, there's a lot of that shit. Sorry, guys. I'm just trying to remember. I know that I went to another one too that I thought was very, very odd. Um, anywho, um, go to the spot. Dude's hanging out at front. So I, I park my car. I walk over. And he's like, hey, man, I need to see your ID first. I was like, okay, show him my ID. And he's like, all right, cool. No uh, no cameras or anything like that, like inside. Uh, if you take if you put, take your camera out, you know, we're going to kick you out. And I was like, Jesus Christ, okay. Um so I go inside and they buzz a door to open me up and let me into a back area where there's like nine or 10 people standing in line and two or three people standing behind a, a glass counter with a bunch of different jars of pot in it. And I was like, oh shit. Okay. They got quite a bit of pot here. Um, and the bud tenders are like past people just walk up. Yeah. Like, give me the fucking pink cush or whatever. Give me the fucking, you know, jumpy monkey, you know, that kind of show. I was like, holy fucking, it was, it was. Like, and we're talking people of all walks of life. I wasn't standing in, you know, the lineup of a fucking reggae concert. I was standing in line behind someone in a dress, um, like a young girl in a dress, um, uh, a guy in a business suit, an old man with a cane, you know, like a, just a regular senior you'd see walking around a mall, you know, with his cane. Uh, it was, it was all mix of life. Just, just standing here waiting to buy pot. And I was like, that's, that's crazy. And they had other kinds of things too. They definitely had uh, edibles, you know, you see cookies and stuff like that. But, uh, I was like, shit, everyone's buying so quickly and whatnot. I'm like, I need to, you know, I need to, to ask questions. Like, I really hope people don't get pissed at me. 
Um, but luckily it's not a booze place. It's pot and potheads are usually pretty docile. So I didn't anticipate a lot of frustration and it's not like a lot of these people are buying something so they can hurry off to their job at the stock market. I basically, like I said, it was busy and there were so many different flavors and kind of things. It really did feel like it was in a Starbucks. That's why I use the Starbucks references. I'm like, fuck this place is busy. And while I was standing in line, like numerous people came in and got in line behind me. Like it was constant turnover. And we're talking a location on, on Preston where around the corner, there was another spot. A couple blocks down, there was another spot. Another couple blocks down from that, there's another spot. Like these dispensaries are all over the place. And I was like, just the amount of people that were coming in. So I, I asked a few questions. They had suggested some things for like my anxiety in the sense that like, it's funny because every time I say anxiety, uh, my doctor too is like, oh, if you feel like you can't, you know, you might want to get on medication. If you feel like you can't go out in public and you can't go to a show. I'm like, oh shit, I don't feel like any of those things. I just get anxious in the sense that I'm overthinking shit. Shut up, computer. Off you go. Um, so anyways, um, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm all over the fucking map. So yeah, not that kind of anxiety, but this kind of like bullshit scatterbrained overthinking anxiety that I'm kind of going through right now with notifications popping up on my iPad and on my wrist and on my computer and everything close by. So I was asking them, they made some suggestions. They, they suggested me one kind of pot for when I just want to like relax and mellow out before bed. If I'm kind of overthinking, they suggested one, which I bought. Um, and then they suggested another one and I actually didn't buy it my first trip around. That was part of the experience. Um, I, uh, I got another one cause I told them I have a hard time focusing. It's hard for me to just sit down and read. Like I'm always thinking of other things too. So I ended up having to reread the same chapters and, and paragraphs and things like that over again, because I was basically, even though I was reading, I was thinking about something else and I retained nothing from what I read. So, you know what I mean? Like your day, you're, you're thinking about something else while your eyes are glazing over the words. Point being is I told them about that and they suggested one for the day. And, uh, and then they're like, oh, we're cash only. You know, they tell you that I'm like, okay, cool. I've got my, my, my credit card ready to give them money. And they're like, oh, we're cash only, which makes sense. Um, I didn't realize these were illegal, by the way. I thought they were in like a gray area. Um, totally illegal. 100% illegal. That's why they buzz you into a back room and, uh, you know, no cell phones or anything like that. And they're all like, well, we do it to protect the identity. I'm bullshit. You're doing it because it's illegal and you don't want anybody caught on fucking, you know, taking pictures of other people. You're cash only to avoid taxes. Like I get it, but it's funny because the whole thing is illegal yet. It's very stringent about, you know, it must be 19 years old. It's like, okay, you're going to go with the drinking laws for that one, you know? And it's, and the reason I say that is that, that I went to so many locations is because I went to this one. I got some questions answered, but I didn't have cash on me. I had to go to my bank. My bank's not close by. So I wasn't going to spend like three or $4 in fees. So I drove down the street, um, you know, towards my bank and I saw another dispensary that said no cash on premises is what it said. So I was like, oh, well, if there's no cash on premises, then they must take credit cards or plastic or whatever. Right. You would think if there was, if there was no cash on premises, anyways, I guess you could tell where I'm going. I parked at absolute cause absolute's on Preston and, uh, and I walked back. Stood in line and, uh, and I said, Hey, you guys just like big, again, another big lineup and the turnover of people coming in was constant, just like a Starbucks. And, uh, I just said, Hey guys, uh, out of curiosity, do you take, take, you know, debit or whatever? And they go, no, we're cash only. I go, okay. So that sign on your front door saying there's no cash on premises is completely bullshit. And they both just gave me this look like, come on, man, what the fuck? And it's like, no, it's anyways. So I left, I went to another one that was, you know, across the street from where I parked my car. 
and uh and same story buzz you in cash only so i was like all right clearly they're all the same oh and they're all all of them 19 plus and all that stuff so i hope i haven't lost completely lost you guys if you guys are all potheads and you're like yeah we do this shit all the time it's yeah that's just the fucking way it is so here's what my going from place to place taught me all right uh i did go and get cash i went back to the first place that had helped me out and i got the the samples and stuff um samples i paid for it i bought my my doses <laughs> but uh this is what I learned. So, cause I kept, I, I said to my friend who had made these suggestions later that day, um, I go, how come, uh, like how come all of them are like, you know, uh, cameras and locked rooms. Like every one of them buzzes you in buzz. Everything's buzz, very high security, you know, anyone can just come in, but they're like, you know, you gotta be 19 though. Like this is very, it's all illegal. That's what I learned. Cause I thought I'm like, oh, it's a gray area. I found it that these are all operating illegally. But the uh, situation that they're in is that because the pot laws in uh, Canada, or at least Ontario, are so, like, it's in the process effectively of being legalized, that in order for them to arrest the people running these and uh, close them down and send police in to do this and that and start all these, these proceedings, just for in one year for them now, to a year from now for everything to be legal and all these things to be thrown out is just not worth the effort. So basically they're just ignoring the fact that these places are operating and do what you do. I think that maybe the 19 thing is that that's their compromises. Like, look, you guys are fucking doing this, whatever. Don't sell it to kids. Everything else fine. Don't fucking sell it to kids. Um, I believe that's, that's where things are going. Obviously now the fact that they're all cash only, uh, which a business can be, if you go into a place, by the way, that's all cash, they don't offer one of the plastic options. Um, that's cause they're trying to fuck the government, uh, in terms of tax money. That's just obvious. The government knows that everybody knows that if you go to a place, that's all cash. They're trying to not claim everything because that's how you bury, you know, that's how you have no, uh, no paper trail effectively is by having it all cash. So it's not tracked. Um, which is, by the way, uh, some people have said, it's funny, I watched, I read a survey on this. Some people have said that uh, they are totally in favor of going with a system that has no cash whatsoever. It's all just plastic. Um, that is the stupidest idea possible. Now, I understand that some people don't know why that's stupid. Um, again, side note, didn't realize I'm going to be telling this story in the podcast this week. But um, getting rid of cash and currency like that is the end of freedom. Um, I know that might sound like an overstatement. But think about it. If, if every piece of money and everything that you do and every kind of exchange is all tracked, you know, like all these movies where they, people are on the run and they, and they find them because they used a credit card. Oh, he used his credit card at this location. That's where he is. Like, that's how you're constantly found and monitored. If everything that you buy is monitored, everything has a paper trail, you know, no such thing as drug dealers or anything like that. No such thing as buying something off of, you know, like everything you do would be tracked at that point. So cash is very important because that gives you a little bit of privacy too, with what you're consuming. Um, you know, anyways, it, it's, it's a lot. You don't want the government knowing every last thing you're doing because all you pay with is cash and, and credit that they can track and follow at any given time. Anyways, off my soapbox. That's what these dispensaries are doing. They're, they're, they're operating with, with cash so that they don't have to pay taxes on it, <laughs> which would be great. It's basically a, a drug dealers are setting up shop. Good for them. Right, turning entrepreneurs out of these lazy fuckers. Hmm. <laughs> I am drinking a wonderful beverage of my own design, and I'll tell you guys about that too. Um. 
So anyways, long story short is I spent a day getting a bunch of pot stuff, being a pothead. Um, I didn't smoke any until uh, later in the week, but uh, it was interesting. I went to my buddy uh, Mark's place. That's like, I'm still talking about Wednesday by this point, 20 minutes in the podcast. I haven't even finished the first day of last week, <laughs> but it was a lot. I don't know. I, I found it interesting. I, I haven't been into pot or marijuana in a very decade at least. And even, even that when I was smoking last, I wasn't really into it. I was still, you know, on the outskirts, not really interested. Um, so this was a, this was a big week. Very interesting for me to sort of get back into things and whatnot. And, uh, thanks for listening. Um, on Wednesday night, I went to my buddy Mark's place, a, a good friend of mine. We, uh, <laughs> we, we had some, uh, sausages. We had some potatoes. We had a dinner at his place, uh, played some games with his family so, uh, his kids, uh, his sister was there, her kids, uh, like older teenagers, but we played, uh, we played some board games, played some card games, uh, had a good time. Uh, I don't, uh, <laughs> certainly not spending as much time on this story as the last one, but thoroughly enjoyed, uh, spend time with my buddy. It's always good to see Mark. We tasted some great scotch. I got a chance to finally try Aberler 12 year old, uh, very, very good scotch. Uh, thank you, Mark very much for that. Um, and I look forward to doing it again. So it was a good time hanging out with my buddy, Mark, uh, regular listener to the podcast sends in submissions from his trips and stuff like that, guys. Um, Thursday, uh, I brought my car in for some repairs when I was doing the tastings the week or so before the, the back latch of my, my car on my, on my gate there is, uh, stuck sticking. So, um, I decided to bring the car in. I also had some other issues. I try not to bring my car in unless I've got, you know, uh, a few things to fix. Now that's not to say if the engine breaks down, I'm like, well, you know, it's just one thing. I mean, like I buy the extended warranties and I got my, uh, extended warranty on my current car. Um, there's something was wrong with the seat. wasn't working properly. My window on my driver's side, when I roll it down, would squeal like a banshee, just screech. And, uh, so those two things were happening for a while. I had workarounds, but then when the latch started sticking and I couldn't open the back gate and I'd actually have to fuck around with it for like 10 minutes trying to get it open just to put shit in the trunk. Uh, I was like, okay, enough's enough. So brought my car in, told them about it. Uh, you know, I even said, I'm pretty sure, you know, I, I talked to someone, this is supposed to be under warranty. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll leave it here for the day. I'll take a, you know, the, the shuttle back and they were like, yeah, sure. Whatever. No problem. It should be good. We'll let you know. I was like, great. So when I went back at the end of the day, right, shuttle comes back. They, they hand me this bill for like several hours. Like, so every job there, they charge me for an hour of labor on. And I was like, what the fuck is this? And they go, well, it's not, uh, you know, it's not, it's, you know, it's not under warranty, this stuff. And I was like, well, if it's not under warranty, why the fuck didn't you call me and tell me, Hey, Josh, the work that we have to do is not under warranty. Do you want us to do it? Cause I'm like, I could have handled some of this other stuff. You know, I mean, fix the, the gate thing or whatever, but you know, you didn't give me a choice basically. So I didn't yell and scream and make a fuss, but I was like, I'm not cool with this at all. Like you didn't ask my permission to do paid work. I brought something in, told you it's under warranty. You said, well, check it out. And then you I come back and you charge me for shit. So I, I put up a little bit of a, you know, what? oh, I hate that sneeze that almost came. It'll be back. Um, so he was like, you know what? Here's, he gives me the keys. He goes, leave this with me. I'm going to, he also told me too, they charged me for an hour of labor, but didn't fix the problem. That's another thing that pissed me off. Um, you go, well, we oiled, we, we, uh, opened the back thing on your gate and we oiled the handle should be better now. 
it wasn't sticking like it was grinding. It was like, a, like you could feel it was a mechanical failure with the, the latch. So he goes, well, uh, we oiled the thing for you, you know, should, should, uh, should buy you some time. But, uh, you know, if it, if it happens again, we'll, we're going to suggest replacing the handle for you. And then here's $62 charge for not really fixing my handle. Then the same thing with the seat. They're like, yeah, there's an issue with the seat. They looked, it's a faulty piece. So we'd have to order a new piece for you to get that done. Uh, it's not here right now, but we'll order it in if you want it. And then finally they charged me 62 bucks to take the panel off my window and like, just basically re-grease my, my window. So I go, uh, so you're charging me like close to 200 bucks. And you didn't fix anything. You just oiled and lubed and told me what you can order. So when I told the guy, you know, listen, I'm not, I'm not paying for this. I go, that's not, that's not cool. He goes, well, okay, well, it gives me my keys and goes, let me look into this and see if your, your warranty covers it, which he should have done earlier. And, uh, he goes, yeah, I'll look into it. I'll give you a call tomorrow and we'll, we'll figure it all out. So I left with my car having paid nothing, uh, with full on attention that if they were like, well, you got to pay for the stuff. I'd be like, no fucking way. He didn't, you didn't tell me I'm not paying it anyways. Um, I get a call the next day. Uh, I'm, I'm out with, uh, with my mom and dad having breakfast and, uh, the guy, when they know I'm a comedian, they fuck with me. And the thing too, is if you call me about something that's important, like how much money I'm going to spend for my fucking car when I think I'm paying nothing for it, that stresses me out. So the guy calls me, he's like, Hey Josh, it's uh, you know, Paul, whatever calling from, from, uh, hunt club Honda. Uh, so unfortunately after looking at everything, um, everything that, that we have on the list is covered under warranty. My brain's trying to process this unfortunately thing. And I was, and he goes, and he laughs. I was like, oh, okay. Okay, cool. So we're good. Like it's all, it goes, yeah, yeah. He goes, since everything's under warranty, I'm going to order that handle for you. We're going to order all the parts, everything. It's all taken care of, you know, by your warranty. I was like, great, man. Thanks so much. I appreciate that. Um, he's like, yeah, when can you bring it in? We set that up. You know, for today, as a matter of fact, that's, that's what I did today. So I don't have to tell you later. I don't have to waste your time. Uh, dropped the car off today. Uh, they, they did all the work. They were great. They, they called me when it was all, all said and done again, I took a shuttle and I was at the, the mercy of that. But, uh, the fact of the matter is those guys did a great job. They've always been great to me at that location, which was why I was a little pissed off. In fact, I go to this dealership instead of my own. I've told you guys stories about my dealership and how much they fucked me. Um, so I go to my these guys because they've always done a better job so this is a new guy slight hiccup but you know once they once they looked into it they got everything sorted out they got it figured out for me and and uh many thanks to them for their their very hard work uh you know and and getting everything done for me so you know uh, a bit of a, a bit of a hiccup in the middle but but happy ending and i do appreciate all the hard work that uh, that they put into it um also on friday i went all over the place with uh with my mom she was off work Took her to some places that she wanted to go to, and uh, and that was it. We we just sort of fucked around and uh, and whatnot. There was a games night um, here at the house. I talked to Jason earlier and said, "Hey man, we should get some people together, have a fucking games night, right?" Uh, so we did that. Jay invited some people over. I invited the old uh, mother unit there, and we were like up. I think that uh, myself, whatever, doesn't matter. Like, not like you guys would know these people by names, but Jason, owner of Absolute Comedy, uh, and his lovely girlfriend. Myself, my mom, and uh, two other couples joined us for a night of games. We were probably drinking like animals and playing games until like three o'clock in the morning. Um, good time. Good time. Uh, so much so that I think I probably passed it at like four o'clock in the morning. Uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, I woke up the next day to do a, uh, a dog food um, demo. 
which is interesting. I, I don't know about you guys, if you have pets or whatever, but finding dog food, that's not like shit is hard to do because every company tells you that their food is good, but there's so many things you need to know about dog food and what some of the names mean and things like that. Um, it's hard, but the, uh, the pet food company that I was representing is called Nulo. They are one of the good ones. Um, they're more expensive, not crazy expensive, but, um, started by a bunch of uh, athletes, uh, some of them Olympic athletes designed a dog food. That's very high in protein. I don't need to pitch you on it. All I know it's just Nulo, N-U-L-O, good company. Um, they don't use uh, glycemic, uh, high glycemic index carbohydrates in it. So they're not using like potatoes and rice. They use sweet potatoes and other things like that, where they, they don't spike your dog's sugar and therefore give them things to run to fat. Um, they have probiotics in them that actually survive the cooking process. So um, just in case you think you're giving your dog food with, with probiotics, um, companies put probiotics into dog food. And then once it gets cooked into kibble, the cooking process kills the probiotics. Uh, Nulo has a patented formula that survives the cooking process. So it's the only dog food on the fucking market there that actually has the probiotics and the little pebbles there, the kibbles for your dog. Um, and then aside from that, they've got, uh, you know, like I said, it's the first three ingredients are meat. There's no byproducts in it. Uh, if you don't know the byproducts, so read your dog food kibble bag at home. If you have a dog, if any of the ingredients are like chicken byproduct, it's like organs and shit like that. It's like not anything that they need to, you know, to eat with or whatever. And it's grain free. Another big thing is grain free. Uh, dogs and cats are carnivores. They do not, uh, they do not need to eat grain. Grain is associated with a lot of, uh, uh, animal allergies. So Nulo, good food, had a chance to stand around while the weather was raining and nobody came into the store. So I was a useless rep, uh, for them that day, you know, had a good time with the staff. I always have a great time at the pet smarts, but, um, in terms of actually being able to move product, I couldn't cause there was no fucking buddy there. So that, and then I went home and slept all night. <laughs> still recouping, nursing a hangover from, uh, the games night. Sunday, more errands with the mother unit, went and had breakfast, brought her some places, went to uh, Costco, a different Costco than I normally go to. I don't know if you guys are, I don't know if you guys like Costco as much as I do. I, I hate the lineups and stuff, but I'll be honest, there's some pretty sweet fucking deals at Costco and I enjoy seeing what one Costco has different than the other. Like, I don't know if you guys know this, if you're living in a town that's big enough to have more than one Costco, but uh, they have different shit. Some like I would say 80% of the stuff that they have is the same, but sometimes a vendor will give, you know, like one Costco will get a certain shipment of something and the other Costco's don't, you know? And, uh, I like the deals at Costco and I like getting the shit that one has that doesn't like, for example, Jason buys this milk does like pre, it basically comes in the same containers as like almond milk, but it's regular milk, regular 2% cow milk. Now I don't just drink milk anymore, but Jay does. And the thing with Jay and anybody who buys milk, you guys know, like if you're buying the bag milk or the cartons of milk, you got to buy it relatively often, you know, even if you're buying the, the bag milk. So for my U S listeners and for Canadian ones too, in the States, they don't have bags of milk. They have the, the big cartons and the, the big jugs of milk. We're the only ones that have like little four liters that are separated into three bags. Well, my mom and, and dad go through milk like every, you know, one of those bags every day or two. Well, maybe every two or three. So the idea is if you want to buy a lot of milk, you got you to gotta go back to the store, right? Milk and bread. That's the old cliche. You got to go back to the store, buy milk and bread, buy milk and bread. Well, Jay will buy several cases of this milk, which I, I lovingly dubbed science milk because of the fact that I'm like, how the fuck do you buy milk that sits in a cardboard box for a year and doesn't expire? 
You know, they just use science. They just use science to, to make it. You know, it's just science milk. That's all. It's, it's nothing uh, nothing special, just science milk. Um, so the Costco over on the uh, the Quebec side, just over the bridge, uh, has that science milk, and it's not available at any of the ones around here. Uh, not to mention the fact that they got booze at the Quebec Costco too. So I love buying the, uh, you know, the, the, the good packs of beer, the, the Costco sized packs of, of, you know, Smithicks and Guinness and Kilkenny and all that nice Irish beer. I can get really good deals on that when I go to the Costco over on the other side. So, uh, whatever. I went to the Canada Costco and, uh, didn't really find anything, you know, I found different stuff, but nothing super special. Sorry. And then uh, in the afternoon, I played some board games with, uh, with Simon, my roommate. Uh, it was fun. I don't know. I had, a, I had a really like laid back. I wasn't too productive this weekend. You know, I did work and I did uh, get shit done, but, uh, nothing super fancy. Um, and then on Monday night, I actually got to hang out with my friend, Jimmy and his lovely wife, Alex saw their kiddo. And, uh, and yeah, we just sat around, had some drinks, had some barbecue. Uh, we made an attempt to play a card game, but I think just none of us were particularly into it. We we're just tired and, uh, and had a good time shooting the shit and catching up and, watching some TV. So uh, I had a good time. And of course today, like I said, I brought my car in for repairs. So that was, uh, that was my week guys. I learned a lot about marijuana, did a lot of running around and shopping and whatnot. Got my car fixed, saw some friends, you know, that's, uh, that's the week I had. Um, I also bought a shitload of, uh, earlier this week when I was at Costco, I bought a shitload of, uh, juices. And that is the concoction that I'm sipping on at the moment here, my juicy juice juice. Um, I had mentioned to you guys that I bought a lot of wine. So I have been bringing this wine that I bought to, uh, gatherings, dinners, whatever, not a lot of it, but just a, a few times I've brought it. And I, I gotta say, I am not enjoying this wine. Um, there isn't any, the uh, fuck I was gonna say, there isn't anything wrong with it. I think so this wine may taste exactly like the kind of wine that it's supposed to taste like, but to me, as I'm not familiar with these particular types, I really don't like them. And I've had wines that I didn't care for. You know what I mean? Like spicier, you know, wines from Chile or something like that, where I'm like, Oh, I, I can taste the flavor and it tastes like wine. It just has a, a, a flavor that I wouldn't care for, but I don't question that that's what it's supposed to taste like. These particular ones that I got taste like they're not right. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like, I don't like the taste and I don't think this is wine. Um, and the thing is, I'm not trying to shit on my friend because my friend's family is the one who owns this business. And I've actually, they've prior to my wine being ready, they brought me other bottles of like, they brought me Chardonnays and Merlots and things like that. Just a, a single bottle of some of the stuff that they have. And I tell you right now, it was great. It tasted exactly like those kind of wines. So thoroughly impressed, but I got a special deal and I got kinds of wine that I wasn't familiar with. And I went with stuff that's like kind of like other wines I like. So I got to tell you, um, don't like it. And now I'm like, fuck, now I'm stuck with cases of it. So what I did was I decided, okay, I'm making sangria. You know, if I don't want to taste this wine, I'm going to, I'm still going to use it to get drunk, but I'm going to make it taste good. So I went out and I bought a shitload of fruit juices. I bought guava juice and, and lemonades and mango juice and, you know, orange juice, grape juice, cranberry juice. I'm looking at fucking jugs upon jugs of juices here in my room. In my room. 
Um, <laughs> the beach boyas. So anyways, um, that's what I did too. Went to the dollar store and bought a bunch of jugs and stuff like that. So I'm making, making sangria in the house now so that I can get rid of this wine that I don't like. And that's what happens when you, it's, it's gonna be a lot of sugar too. I know, I know, but I'm never going to do that again. This is the lesson that, that comes from that is I always tell people, um, get what you want. You know, like it's nice to save money, but it, only if you're saving money on what you want. Like I should have just gotten Pinot Grigio like I like. I should have just gotten Cabernet Sauvignon. Instead, I got a Rose Cabernet, which I'd never heard of. And it's, to me, it tastes thin, you know? It tastes very watery. Um, it doesn't have the nice thickness and heaviness and full-bodiedness of Cabernet Sauvignon like I like. Um, the Chenin Blanc I got tastes... I don't want to say weird, but it just tastes off, you know, but again, maybe that's what a Chenin Blanc is supposed to taste like. I've never tried a Chenin Blanc before, you know, I'm familiar with Moscatos and Vidal's and Chardonnay's and Pinot Grigio's and, you know, I, I, I don't want to, you know, I don't know. I don't know. What's the other one I'm, I can't think of? Not dry. It doesn't matter. Fuck. There's. I feel fucking stupid. There's three kinds of white that I'm very familiar with. Pinot, Chardonnay, and there's another one. Why can't I think of it? doesn't matter. I'll throw it out in five minutes. I'll just be like, oh, blah, blah, blah. But for now, um, yeah, I don't know. Get what you want, guys. That's, that's, the, that's, that's a big thing. So there's lots of times, like in this case, I should have just got what I want, right? Now I'm, now I'm spending a shitload more money to basically make bad stuff taste better, and I'm going to end up killing myself with sugar in order to do it. But I got to say this, um, I'm doing the white sangria right now using the white wine, to make some white sangria. So I'm using guava juice, orange juice, uh, lemonade. I'm going to add some mango to the next one. Mango juice. Um, I've always told people to get what, get what you want. Like sometimes you save money, but if it's not what you want, you're not going to be happy with it. You know, um, I'll give you an example of something that you do want. Okay, so that LCBO story I was going to tell you earlier, um, working in all the different LCBOs, doing these tastings and stuff that I'm doing, there's a lot of stuff in LCBOs that's called, that's that's delisted, so stuff that they're getting rid of. And it doesn't necessarily mean that it's not going to be carried in LCBOs anymore. It just means that some particular LCBOs are not going to carry it anymore. I got some really good prices on some uh, whiskeys and stuff like that that just were not being carried in, in LCBOs anymore. And so here's a piece of advice. Some LCBOs, um, that's in Ontario. I, I would imagine your local liquor stores, whatever province you're in would have that too. But for my Ontario listeners, um, go to the LCBO and see if your LCBO has a delisted section. Um, some do, some don't depends on the size of the store. If they have a delisted section, you can find shit there. That's like 30 to 60% off. A small example is I found a 1.14 liter. So big, uh, bottle of fireball whiskey, which normally went for like 40 bucks. And I got them for like $16 each. So I bought two of those, a uh, little fireball whiskey and some Coke tastes delicious. But, uh, yeah, so you can find all sorts of stuff. I, I, the other day when I was doing the pot running around dispensary stuff, I got a really nice, uh, $25 bottle of troublemaker, uh, red wine for 20 bucks. So 20% off, but it's not bad. Again, if you're going to spend that kind of money on, you know, wine, a lot of people are good with their little $10 bottles, but Hey, if you're going to try a $25 bottle, might as well 20 for 20 bucks, you know? 
So uh, you can get some good prices. Just check out, look for delisted. And if it's not, if they don't have a delisted section, just ask the the person working there. Just say, hey, do you guys have anything really cool that's delisted right now that might be like a, a really good price? And then they're just going to ask you if you're looking for anything particular. So if you're looking for wines, they'll take you to some really good delisted wines. You know, they're just interspersed within the store. Or if you're like looking for spirits or beers or something like that, they'll they'll tell you. So there's a little tip from me to you. But um, I'm going to tell you guys a story of why you should buy... Well, just a time where I, I, I bought what I could afford. Well, you should always buy what you can afford, but I bought something, I created a budget. So back when I was working for TELUS, I remember at one point I wanted to get a watch. I hadn't had a watch. The only watches I'd ever had growing up were like those really cheap ones you get at a vending machines or like a little $5 watch with a shitty band that ends up falling apart. So I never had a nice watch. And, uh, and growing up, my good friend, Jimmy, who I just recently saw, and of course we have the uh, episode you guys can go back and listen to my friends, Jimmy and Mika. When we were growing up, Jimmy used to have like, it's what seemed like new watches all the time. And I didn't really care at the time, but after, after, you know, getting into the, the, the work world and, and doing sales and stuff, I realized that people do judge a salesperson kind of by what they have. You look at a guy who's got some, you know, nice watch, maybe some nice rings or some sort of, you know, a little personal bling. It looks like a guy who's doing better than someone else. Now too much bling and you look like a sleazy fucking, you know, you look sleazy, but at the same time you, you want to see a sales guy who looks like he's got a mild amount of success because at least it looks like he knows what he's doing. Right. And that's who you want to talk to. So I remember at one point, this was very early when I was working to tell us, I decided I'm working in a big mall. I want to go and get a watch. I had set myself a bunch. I'm like, I think I'm willing to spend 150 bucks on a watch. That was the budget I gave myself. Now at the time that was a huge budget. I would never consider dropping $150 on a watch. My cell phone had the time on it. So this was just a visual status, you know, thing, visual, you know, I can't, not eye candy, but just something to, to give people visual posturing on my part. But I went to the, uh, went to the store. I looked around at watches and I was looking for something very plain. I'd seen all these sporty watches with the, you know, the several circle dials on them. Like anyone needs to know, you know, what five milliseconds looks like spinning around or whatever. I don't know. I think it's too, too flashy. I wanted something classic, something classy that was just, you know, like a plain face and the time that's it. You know, the less, less, the better. And I remember going there, I saw some, some decent watches that were kind of in the price range that I was looking at. Uh, and I found a Tommy Hilfiger watch and it had all the, the, the circle faces, you know, all the same shit I was looking to avoid on it, but it looked half decent. I was, I was kind of like, oh, that's a, that's a nice watch. But then I found an Esquire watch and this Esquire watch was beautiful. Stainless steel, nice links, had a plain black face on it with no numbers, just the little dashes around the outside. And, uh, and then the, the, the hands, that was it. It was classy. It was nice looking. And I was like, that is exactly what I had envisioned when I went, you know, when I decided I was going to buy a watch, that's the watch that I want. And then I looked down and I saw the price tag was 400 bucks. And I'm like, that's way more money than I wanted to spend on this watch. But I'm like, you know, I, I, yeah, I just can't, you know, I, I give myself a budget. So I bought the Tommy Hilfiger watch. Okay. And I went back to my store, you know, and I put my watch on and everything like that. And, uh, you know, my colleagues were so, did you find the watch? You know? And I was like, oh, I showed them what I got. And it's funny. Cause I'm like, I showed them the watch and I was like, yeah, but you should see it. They had this really nice Esquire watch. They're like, it was really nice. Da, 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 da. You know, it had this, it had that blah, 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 blah. 
And I think after having a conversation with a few different people and every time I was like, oh, they, but they had this really nice one there that I realized this isn't, you know, and this is after I got home and everything, like thinking about it, let it marinate. I'm like, you know what? Every time I showed somebody my new watch, I'm not excited about this one because every time I show them, I'm talking about the other one that was there. Clearly that's the watch I wanted. So packed it up, brought it back the next day, spent the extra money, got the watch that I wanted. And I was happy with it. I spent more money. Yes. But at the end of the day, I got what I wanted and, um, it was, uh, you learn things like that. When I was in sales, I, I had these little stories that happened coming. I was never sleazy. I never lied to people, but I would tell people when they were humming and hawing about their phone. And this is back when like cell phones weren't all iPhones and they all had cameras and they all had the shit. And there's like basically no difference between them in, in functionality. We're talking back when cell phones were like blackberries were the nice ones. And your cell phone either could play MP3s or had a camera, a 1.3 megapixel camera to like take a picture. Or if you really wanted to splurge, you can get one that, you know, had MP3 player in it with a camera and a sliding keyboard. Excuse me. So, you know what I mean? Like that, like that was the, the, the era I was in. So I used to tell people that story and just be like, you know, obviously you need to, you know, get what's going to make you happy and you have to stay within your budget. But at the end of the day, if you can afford the extra 50 bucks or whatever it is to get the one you really want, that's the one you're going to be happy with. And I use an analogy that a friend of mine told me way back when I worked in future shop with people. And I'll share this with you guys too. use this when you're buying something. Okay. Just be honest with yourself. If you can't afford it, if it's way outside your price range, don't do it. But if you feel yourself being cheap, just, just think of this. Someone said to me, it's like when you're buying a car. And, and there, you know, and then the sales guy goes, so did you want the air conditioning package? And I realize a lot of cars pretty much come with that shit now, but that used to be a big, a big uh, upgrade back in the day. Right. But the metaphor still works is, you know, when they ask you, Hey, so do you want to buy the, uh, the power package it gives you the air conditioning and everything? Um, at first you're like, shit, how much more is it? It's like, Oh, it's going to cost you an extra two, $2,000. You're like, shit, that's a lot of money, you know, and you don't want to spend it. So you have two options, right? You can, you can spend the money. And, you know, how, you know, have it and go, okay, it's, it's great. And, and I tell people, honestly, three, four months later, once you're, you know, you're fine, like the money spent and you got the air conditioning, the alternative to not getting it is instead of being like, shit, that was hard, you know, at that time. And it felt like more money, but you know, it, it, we, we made do the alternative is every single time there's a hot day sitting in the car going, Oh, I fucking wish I had bought the air conditioning when I got this thing. So you know, again, maybe you guys were way ahead of me. Like, yeah, we know we, we, we got it. As soon as you're like, don't be cheap and buy what you want. We, we were with you. Didn't need to tell us a bunch of stories. All I'm driving at is, is keep that in mind. So don't buy a bunch of juice, buy the wine that you want. So I'm going to go back to my friend's place. Cause again, I've had their other wines. I've had the ones that I know of. They're great, but I really don't like the ones that I got. And, uh, now I'm making sangria all summer. So Anybody wants some sangria, come on over. Cause I'm drowning in this stuff. I could fill a kiddie pool with it. Um, <laughs> anywho. So that's my stupid story about that smoking pot again. I, I not a lot, you know, I'm not even doing it every single day, but I'm putting a couple little just crumbs of it in there. Smoke it. I did try the stuff that was supposed to help me focus during the day. I took two hoots of that in my pipe and I got high, definitely got high. Not just like a little, like, Ooh, maybe I'm a little, I got fucking high to the point where I was like running down the stairs to get the mail. And I'm like, do, 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 fucking mail's here. Do, 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 do. Like I was like singing songs to myself, way too excited to be running down the stairs to get the mail. 
And I was like, oh, all right, back upstairs. Like looking at myself too long in the mirror when I go to the bathroom, smiling at myself, pointing at myself. Hey, buddy, you fucking do it stuff. I actually considered smoking pot before the podcast, but I was like, you know what? I might make a lot of technical errors and then delete the episode afterwards, which based on the way the conversation has been so far, it might not be half bad. Anywho, um, another thing I did was I shaved my motherfucking face. You guys, um, if any of you are friends with me on Facebook, I changed my, my picture earlier today. I have no beard anymore. And then again, if uh, you guys have only ever listened to this, maybe you didn't know I had a beard in the first place, but, um, I, uh, I originally started growing a beard cause I got a fat face, you know, the kind of face where someone's go, Josh, you got some, uh, you got some sauce on your chin. You got to rub it. They're like, no, no, the other one. I'm like, all right, time to cover that shit up. So we grow a beard and it really does hide the, uh, the double chin and all that stuff. So I've been struggling lately with, uh, with trying to, you know, eat right and be exercising and stuff like that. And, uh, I gotta be honest. I've been dragging ass. I've been dragging ass. So I decided, um, that since I don't like the look of my face, uh, with no beard that maybe by getting rid of the beard and being forced to look at my face would be another, um, motivator to go and uh, make a change. So that's why I'm doing that in case anyone's like, why the fuck did he do that? I had a lot of people going like, uh, what the fuck dude? Well, this, this is why I'm doing it. So it's not like I just shaved it and it's going to come back. I shaved it off and I intend to keep it off until, uh, there's a significant weight loss. And then maybe I'll just like the look of my face and not need to grow a beard. Or maybe I'll grow the beard back because you know, I, I do like having a beard. I do like how my face looks with it, but maybe I like how my face looks because it's hiding some of my face. Anywho. So I did that. And that's, that's why I'm, that's why I'm doing that guys. I'm going to try to keep my face shaved and try to, you know, it's, it's all about continuing to find things that I can do to turn the ship around. And finally, I found out that I'm going to be working for the Ontario election. So, uh, I'm going to be an area manager on election day for, uh, on June 7th. Uh, I think that's the day. doesn't matter. I don't care. It's on my calendar. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna be running around like a gopher in charge of a, a series of polling stations. How about that shit? eh? checking in to make sure that the retired government employees and old people, you know, make it sure that the election is done right. So if there is a, ha, if there's a scandal afterwards about a big section of Ottawa's shit and all, all not being done properly. You can blame yours truly. Um, anywho. So that was, that was my week. I found out I'm working in the election. I did a bunch of other crap and, uh, you know, babbity boobity boobity bab. That's it. So I'm working on eating better. I'm working on exercising again. I'm working on building new habits. I still haven't written my list of five things that I'd like to develop as new habits. I got a few of them on there, but you know, when I do that, I'll, I'll let you guys know. I'll probably have it ready for, uh, what should it take an entire week, right? If I write, if I write one thing down every 1.3 days, 1.4 days, <laughs> maybe I'll have some of my shit together. Um, I've been watching the second season of the toys that made us just in case anyone's looking for a recommendation of something fun. There is a great documentary series on Netflix. It's fun and it's exciting. They got, it's actually kind of funny. Um, it's called the toys that made us and they, it's a documentary about the, uh, action figures, the toy, the different kinds of toys, um, that came up. So they actually showcase in the first season, they showcase the star Wars toys, uh, the He-Man toys, Barbie and GI Joe. The second season just came out and they showcased Transformers, uh, Hello Kitty. Uh, what else did they showcase? Star Trek toys. And there's one other one. And I feel like a fucking idiot because I can't think of what it is, but it doesn't matter. There's only, there's only four episodes. And again, it's probably going to pop into my head afterwards. Um, yeah. So there you go. 
that's uh that's a great show you should watch they they go through all of the different ups and downs um i didn't realize that he-man was actually a toy before it was a show the sh- it's not like it was a tv show and they made toys the it was a toy and they full-on like lied to a what was it like a like a production uh company and we're like, oh yeah, we, we didn't tell you about the show that's coming out. We didn't tell you about the comic book that it's, that it's in. Like the guy just pulled shit out of his ass to try to get this thing made. And, uh, the company's, the company's like, oh, okay. So they, they made all this other stuff. Anyways, uh, check it out. The toys that made us guys. Great show. I, uh, I highly, highly recommend it. Um, what else? There wasn't, there was Transformers. What was the other one? Oh, Lego. That's, I knew I was going to feel stupid. Lego is the other fucking toy that they did on the toys that made us. Anywho, that's, uh, that was my week guys. Watching fun stuff, fucking around, making, making sangria. That was my week. So now on to the usual section, right? Our sponsors, portablepress.com. And talking about my stupid face and things like that. I thought, why not go into the realm of, give me one second. I put, I, I scribbled all over my fucking, uh, my notes here, so I can't put my book down. I'll give me one sec. I don't know if you guys can hear Kamar's TV on, but he's home now. So yeah, doing, uh, I got myself a nice article this week, guys. Uh, and I'm very excited to read it to you actually. So like I said, I, uh, got my face showing up here trying to look better, right? Concerned with my looks. And, uh, as I was picking an article this week, I found an article called what price beauty. So it's in this one, it says some people will do almost anything to themselves in the pursuit of looking younger and more attractive. In my case, it was shaving my beard off and forcing myself to hate my face the way it was self shame. Uh, so this is a, uh, an article all about different kind of body modifications that people are doing. So, uh, lips in 2010, more than a million American women underwent lip augmentation surgery. In addition to older treatments to plump up lips, such as silicone, paraffin wax, and cow collagen injections. Some women have opted to enhance their lips with purified tissue taken from research cadavers or compounds made from their own skin. The cost 1500 to $3,000. I think even if it was like purified, the idea that they're taking research or or tissue from research cadavers is kind of fucking gross. Um, eyes, a new fad emerged in 2002 in the Netherlands. Ocular surgeons there developed a technique for implanting tiny bits of jewelry into a patient's eyeballs. You heard that right guys. Uh, it's legal in the Netherlands, but not elsewhere. Most popular styles of the platinum mini jewel. Uh, a heart star or half moon, which is then dropped into a small incision in the eyes, clear outer membrane cost, uh, $860. So 700 euros, uh, feet. The problem with expensive designer shoes, they're often too narrow to fit the average foot solution. Some surgeons in Los Angeles and New York are reportedly offering pinky toe tucks in which the bones of a woman's pinky toes are surgically shaved to make their toes straighter and their feet narrower. Cost is $1,000 per toe. Abs. The fastest spreading trend in male cosmetic surgery is abdominal etching, also known as precision liposuction. Men can have a plastic surgeon suck out only the fat between their stomach muscles. Result, instant six-pack. Cost, $5,000 to $10,000. But... 
Uh, responding to fears of leaking silicone butt implants, some plastic surgeons now offer Brazilian butt lift surgery. <laughs> they liposuction fat from chubby parts of the patient's body and then inject it into their flat buttocks. Cost seven Gs. Uh, tongue. Body modification enthusiasts use their bodies like a canvas. Uh, they favor tattoos, piercings, and since it first appeared in 1996, tongue splitting. Surgeons use lasers, a scalpel, or even fishing line to split the tongue from tip to center. Blech. Cost $750. Uh, and the little running foot at the bottom is Muhammad Ali once appeared in a DC comic book. He knocked out Superman to save him from aliens. And that, my friends, is Uncle John's bathroom reader from a partner's portable press portable press.com jesus christ and, uh, it's actually from uncle john's weird weird world so who what when where and wow it's a hardcover uh photo book so what it is is it's actually articles from the bathroom readers that have been uh you know uh spliced in with photos to make the book a lot more um visually entertaining as well as uh just thought provoking and informative yeah. So, uh, they kind of, kind of on this particular aspect, they look a little bit like uh, DK, you know, a little bit like DK. In fact, well, since I just mentioned them, why don't I just jump right to my babies over at DK? You guys know, I love my portablepress.com, but I love my DK too. And this week, um, I'm actually reviewing the, how business works, the facts visually explained. So DK has a great series called how it works. They have five books in the series right now. They have, uh, how money works, how the body works, how food works, how science works and how business works. And I've read the, how, uh, the, uh, how business works book, um, really enjoyed it because I'll be honest, I had a general idea of how business works, but, uh, this book is crazy. Um, crazy informative. It gives like, I don't want to say it gives just a broad strokes cause it doesn't, it does go into a lot of different things about business, but it's, it's a really good, like almost like I want to say textbook style in it. It's not going to tell you every situation and every little bit of nitty gritty, but it covers some of everything. Um, so basically like it really, at the end of the day, it's like how it works. It's not, it's not a book about how to run a business. It's a book about how business works and that it definitely explains in spades. Um, it tells you everything from like, so if you're just kind of like, well, how does, how does a company work? Like I didn't, I didn't understand some of the nitty gritty that, that this book explained to me, but like, just as an example, like it'll tell you the first section is all about like business ownership and types of businesses, right? So if like, you don't know the difference between a sole proprietorship and a private company or public company, so right, like a corporation, um, or a publicly traded company, which means, you know, anyone can buy stocks in them. Um, the difference between, you know, like franchises and nonprofits and multinationals, the difference between a multinational and a global company. Right. So like, and that's just like the first couple of pages, right? Everything that tells you everything from the difference of corporations, private and public companies, the different types of private and public companies, how a company would go from private to public. Like there's a lot of different things. I didn't know the difference. So just as a small thing, I'll tell you guys the difference between a multinational company and a uh, global company. So for example, and this is the example that they give in the book. Apple is an example of a global company because everywhere you go in the world, the Apple is basically the same. Now they might have different languages on it so that the person can interface with it, but the product is still the same. Whereas like McDonald's is a multinational company, which means that even though it's, it's even though it's everywhere in the world, um, its products are different based on the area it's in. So for example, it says in the book, McDonald's is multinational. The product changes to suit the market. For example, it serves a shrimp burger in Japan and a rice and chicken porridge in Malaysia. So 
there you go. Like just as a small example. And of course there's a lot more on the page. That's just one small little blurb on it, telling you the difference between a global and multinational. So a global company is the same product all over the globe versus a multinational company is a company that, you know, offers basically it's in multi different nations, but it offers products based on those markets. So it's not the same product everywhere. Um, in fact, like Canada, even though like McDonald's and, and KFC and stuff are like, you know, well, well actually no, they're, they are multinational. That's, that's exactly what they are. Um, they have poutine in McDonald's in Canada, right? They have poutine in KFC in Canada. They don't have poutine in the States because that's not what the market needs. So anywho, um, and I'm still just talking about the first chapter, everything from, you know, what a startup is to, you know, um, franchises and different kinds of franchises that exist not for profits. As I mentioned before, there's so much stuff in this book, you know, um, they're talking about different, like I said, um, you know, mergers and acquisitions, buying and selling businesses, how that stuff works. They have, uh, just to get out of the first section, cause like I said, I talk on and on. Like I did learn a lot when reading this book. Um, there's a whole section on finances. So how companies can get money and how they account for themselves. Um, all the different reporting that they have to do in their publicly traded company. Um, you know, uh, what's another one example? Like I, I learned so much. It's hard to just, Oh, I just want to remember cash flow. Right. Um, there, they have a section on environmental, uh, accounting. If you don't know what depreciation is, right. Appreciation and depreciation is, um, is, is knowing how things lose their value over time. Right. Um, tons of different things where money goes, costs, overhead, things like that, uh, shares and dividends for companies with stocks, uh, how to get internal financing out external financing. It sounds like I'm just reading the tops of the pages, but, but to be honest with you, part of me is because there's a lot of different things in here and I'm just trying to remind myself of all of the vast different things that I met. But if you have an interest in business and you're like, well, I don't want to fucking, you know, I want a better understanding of it, but I don't have to go to college for it. This is a really good way to to learn, uh, more about it and understand some of the broad strokes and stuff like that, you know, and it gives you something that you can actually, let's put it this way. Once you know the different things and what they're called and the terminology, cause every, even every page has like a need to know thing. Like for example, there's a section on the, uh, on marketing and they talk to you about products and pr how to position products and how to market them and the value of telemarketing for your company. You know, if it, if it's a value, um, product life cycle, I think I may have mentioned, but it says like here, need to know extension strategy, uh, revival of a product by rebranding or repackaging, repricing it, or finding new markets, portfolio analysis, each of a company's products measured by growth rate and make, sh uh, market share to determine marketing spending. So every page, when they talk about something, they'll actually use some re regular glossary terms about that and tell you what that means. So if you hear something, uh, what's the example that I, I remember using? was, uh, it's like an initial something offering, initial share offering. That's what is called when a company goes public is how many shares it gets in the stock market or whatever. That's its initial share offering or whatever it is. I didn't, I, an ISO never heard of an ISO before. God, I hope I'm right. I want to flip back to it, make sure that's the right words and the right acronym. But I learned that I was like, okay, now I know what that means. And someone's talking about an initial share offering. That's basically how many shares were available when the company went public. And, and that's it. Like, it's just some easy shit to know. So it's, it's got glossaries and helps you with things like that. Um, 
yeah, a great, really great book. Like I said, it's talking about everything from promotion, like in the market section, market research. If you're not familiar with what market research is, it's basically finding out what people think about products and stuff like that. Um, so that you know how to sell them and stuff. It's learning about what your niches are. Um, tells you traditional marketing versus, you know, nowadays marketing with digital marketing and, and social media and stuff like that. Uh, marketing based on engagement, sensory marketing, which is a really big one. There's a lot of things based on that. Uh, Right down to the prove or not to prove the, uh, the one man podcast logo has sensory marketing in it for you guys. I had a really good person. Um, I'll tell you about it sometime. You want to know, fucking email me, right? Contact at one man podcast.com. You guys know that I want to hear from you. So there's that section, right? And there's, and that's, and the marketing section goes way deeper than I said. And then finally there's a manufacturing section as well. So this, this book, you know, again, how to find, you know, mass, uh, what is it? Hybrid processes, management, um, where to get the costs, where, th where things can be made shipment and, and freight and all that stuff. Um, this book is awesome. It does tell you all of the broad strokes and some of the nitty gritty of the business world and what, how business works, everything from costs and labor, overhead, manufacturing, um, money management. It, it's, it's a great book guys. You know, I love DK and as usual, and it's not just a bunch of words. It's great graphs and pictures. It keeps you visually stimulated the whole fucking way through DK, another home run by them. How business works guys go on Facebook or Twitter. I have posted uh, what the book looks like, as well as a link of where you can go and you can get it at Amazon or, or chapters or, or, you know, there's a, a few different options they have. You can buy it right from DK's website, dk.com slash CA is, uh, how you find it in Canada, dk.com for us. And, uh, or you can just search DK books if you're anywhere else in the world and you'd like to find their stuff. They have a whole series called how it works and, uh, and check that out guys. Um, so yeah, I got two other sponsors, guys, my fabulous people at absolute comedy today. I booked two more gigs with them. Um, I'm actually very excited about one of them. <laughs> I'm excited about all of them, but I'm really excited about one of them because I get to work with my buddy, K Trevor Wilson, who is a hysterical human being. He, uh, just performed last year on, uh, Jimmy Kimmel live. I think it was last year or the year before, uh, Jimmy Kimmel live, which is amazing for a Canadian standup to get on a show that big. Um, as well as, uh, K Trev is also a regular cast member of Crave TV's letter. Kenny plays squirrely Dan, um, but a sweet human being, a fucking hysterical comedian, uh, him and I are doing a show, uh, later on in the month of June together. And I reached out to him today and asked if he would like to do a bonus, you know, bonus episode of the podcast, do an interview with me. And he has said yes. So hopefully, uh, you know, if everything goes well, K Trev is a very busy guy. He's doing very, very well. Um, so, you know, it's not that there was any chance that he would say no in terms of just us wanting to hang out, but, um, you know, if, if he gets busy, if something comes up the last time he was scheduled to be at absolute in Ottawa, mm, he had to cancel cause he was filming. So, um, they, yeah, they needed to film something. He had to cancel his week. So that's always something that can happen. Um, I will be sure to let you guys know when he's here, check out absolutecomedy.ca for all of the listings of who's going to be in what town when. Absolute Comedy is the best live stand-up comedy from across North America with locations in Kingston, Toronto, and Ottawa, Ontario. These comedians have been featured on Just for Laughs, Netflix, Comedy Central, CBC's The Debaters, Jimmy Kimmel Live, Conan, The Comedy Network, and much, much more. Go to absolutecomedy.ca to see this week's lineup. Planning a night out is easy with dinner and show packages available at all locations. 
Live comedy is a great choice if you're organizing a celebration, fundraiser, company outing, or corporate event. Want the show brought to you? They'll send comedians to your venue with performances tailored to your event, creating a night of laughs your guests will love and won't soon forget. So for showtimes, ticket prices, gift certificates, special shows, and more, head to absolutecomedy.ca. Again, that's absolutecomedy.ca for the best live stand-up comedy from across North America. The sun gives life to the orchard. The orchard gives life to the apple. The apple gives life to Summersby. Summersby is a delicious sweet taste of sunshine imported across the ocean all the way from Denmark. The people in Denmark are smarter, and so are you if you drink Summersby. <laughs> With flavors like apple, blackberry, pear, elderflower lime, red rhubarb, and a taste as regal as this fake accent, there's something for everyone to enjoy. And now, you can try them all in the Summersby Mixer Pack, available wherever fine beverages are sold. So go on, and try for yourself the crisp, refreshing taste of Summersby. Ah, your taste buds deserve it. Please drink resplendently. And it's a perfect opportunity to tell you guys that Summersby Watermelon is now available in stores, so they have launched it. I have, uh, I tried it, right? You guys heard me last week, so sipping on it, and I was so, so much enjoying it. Um, they also retooled the uh, mixer pack, guys. So the mixer pack now contains uh, Summersby, the uh, blackberry, which is very popular, semi-dry, and red rhubarb. So you want to give Summersby's uh, heavy hitters their strong first line. Uh, grab a mixer pack and enjoy the delicious taste of Summersby. And one more time, I will, I will give you guys... The recipe for a great beverage, which is called the White Summer, it is half Summersby, regular Summersby, and half Cronenburg Blanc. Great drink. Um, love that drink. I, I drink it. Uh, that's pretty much the one that I drink the most of is the two of those mixed together. Um, some of the listeners have tried that as well. So White Summer, now that it's summertime, enjoy you some White Summer or any Summersby. And that brings me to this week, guys. Um, I'll be doing a lot of uh, Ubering again. I'm, I'm really enjoying that. Um, I've got a friend of mine who works at uh, Shopify, and um, I'm waiting to hear from them. They froze their hiring, but I may be, uh, you know, they, they told me that they're going to give me an interview as soon as I start hiring again, which would be a great job I'm able to do on the road. I'm able to, uh, you know, I, I'm really looking forward to it because it's a job I actually would like to do. Their, their place is so cool. I told you guys what it was like to go and visit their headquarters. So I'd be very, very excited um, to be able to do that. So one of the things that I wanted to do to give myself the best chance possible of getting that job is I'd like to know what the job actually looks like. So a friend of mine who will remain nameless, so I don't get her shit with her company is going to let me go with her to work on, uh, on Thursday. And I'm going to shadow her. I'm going to watch her take, you know, customer service calls. I'm going to make notes. I'm going to try to, uh, work, do the same thing she's doing, which is Googling, you know, things and trying to get answers and, and whatnot. So, um, yeah, and it's super cool of her to, to let me come and, and, uh, and shadow. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to do that on Thursday, Friday. I'm going to go see Deadpool two, uh, with Brody and crystal really looking forward to that. That's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, Saturday I do a tasting and I do my training for the area manager for the election. So that's going to be a thing. Like, not that you guys need to know exactly what I'm doing on what days, but just let you know like what's coming up. A lot of Ubering, 
I got to still work on my, get my 2017 taxes done. <laughs> I'm never, I'm just going to, I'm going to take so long doing them that by the time I finish them, it's going to be time to start working on 2018's taxes. And then just, just in time to be late to, to submit those for next year. I'm never happy unless I'm late for taxes. So, uh, anyways, and that's, that's all I've got for the week. You know, uh, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a fun one. I think some, some shit to do. Obviously I'll figure out more more things. There's always adventures that happen to me, things I don't expect, you know, didn't expect a bunch of car stuff this week, but, uh, you know, that, uh, it is what it is. So, uh, you guys feel free to send me emails. There's none this week. Let me know what's going on with you. You know, tell me what your experiences. Have you guys gone to the dispensaries? What did you think? You know, are you going to them regularly? If you're from a different province, do they have dispensaries there? Like, just, just, just let me know what's going on. You know, <laughs> do you guys make sangria? What do you use? What do you use as your ingredients? I don't care. You know, I want to hear from you. Um, at the same time too, guys, like, let me know, like I said, this, this five things I've been talking about for a little while and I haven't every day I write, make my five list things and I don't do it. You know what I mean? And that means that I'm not as keen on it as well. I did buy a book today on, um, my friend, uh, Dave listener to the podcast has had a shitload of success with weight loss in the last year. And he swears by this book. And I started listening to the audiobook version, but there's a lot of tables and graphs and, and, you know, information on nutrition and stuff. So I'd like to have the physical copy. So I bought that book today. So I'm going to work on making my five, my list of five things. And instead of five things being like, I want to exercise for 30 minutes a day. I want to read in it for an hour every day. I want to do like, I'm going to make, like, I want to do like, you know, the list will be five things that I'm going to do every single day. And I'll have two of them being like pathetically small, but just things I've been meaning to do every day that I don't Two relatively easy ones. And then like one tough one, you know what I mean? Something that's going to take work every day. But if there's only one that I feel like is more successful, I'm going to do that for like a month, you know, something like I'd love to just exercise for 30 minutes a day, you know, rain or shine. I'd like to exercise for more, but we all don't go to the gym every day. So I'd like to like go for at least a 30 minute walk or we have a sort of like an elliptical machine in the basement. So, you know, if it's fucking snowstorming, I can obviously not the summertime, but if it's, if it's the weather's so bad, I can't go outside. I can still get on that and I can just do that for 30 minutes. So that's like, that might end up being the hard one. Um, or alternatively, I, I think I want to read for like 30 minutes, you know, to an hour a day. And, and that's going to be tough sometimes, but I want to make sure that like every night before I go to bed, like I can cross everything on that list off. So that's why I'm thinking like two pathetically easies, you know, and then two like relatively easies, you know, and then like one tough one. And then once I can get it for 30 days, right? 20, what is it? 21 days, 28 days to, to form a habit. Once I do it for a month and I'm good, then we can add five more things, you know, and keep the old ones and add the new ones. Bobbity boobity. Anyways. Um, so what, do you guys have any five things? You know, we're all over the place trying to get, I'm just, I'm trying to get you guys involved somehow. Might, might feel good for us to all be on the same, you know, all working on things together, maybe draw inspiration from each other, you know, or I'll just keep staring at my wall talking and, and hoping you're listening. Um, but anyways, as usual, guys, thank you for my, uh, thank you to my sponsors, portablepress.com, absolutecomedy.ca, summersby and dk.com slash ca for Canada or dk.com for the States. Um, appreciate them all being there. And I appreciate you guys being there guys. If you haven't already, uh, like us, follow us, uh, subscribe, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram. Um, you know, I'd love to have you there. I do post content and things like that. Not, not a ton of it, but things are there. And like I said, if you're interested in any of the books that I post for DK or anything like that, I always try to find, uh, links and stuff like that to make it cheaper for you guys to, to get it, to take a look at it. So, uh, that stuff is all there as usual. I do appreciate you being there guys. The, the summer weather is here at least in uh, most of Ontario. Get out there and enjoy it. 
I hope everything treats you good. I look forward to having more stories next week. Take care.